his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Mark Cox. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, it adds excitement, doesn't it, folks? The Mark Cox Morning Show is live for day one of the Missouri Legislative Session. All right, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to us uh, from the Capitol Rotunda down here in beautiful Jefferson City. And boy, just gorgeous, great place to visit. Uh, glad we could be here. And we've got the governor of the great state of Missouri, Mike Parson, uh, joining us right now. Governor, good to see you again. Good to see you, Mark. Absolutely. Welcome welcome in. I, I saw your um, news conference yesterday on the administrative action regarding China. I've asked several of my guests this morning about that. What motivated you to act on that? Well, I, I think one is there hadn't been a lot of action done through the legislative branch, and then we had wanted to see what we could do from the executive branch just to, to at least set down a marker to make sure we had something on the books the way things have changed over the last several years. So we did what we could within the powers through an executive order that I could do, and that was pushing the limit there quite a bit to be able to do that. And then we hope the General Assembly comes in and they figure out how to make the laws and the statutes to be able to implement that permanently where we don't have to depend on executive order. I mean – People have been talking about this for years, right? Ten right. years, and yeah. nothing's ever been done on it. Yeah, I, I think because it's never been as much hype as it is right now, and I think that the seriousness of the security breaches that you're seeing were the China balloon over here. You're seeing a lot of things uh, actually in this current administration that we've never seen before. So I think people are deeply concerned. I think when you look at the numbers, if you look at the numbers, what's happened over the last decade or so, the numbers really haven't changed in our state as far as who's buying up land. And I think the important thing I wanted to do in the executive order was make sure we distinguish who our adversaries are and who our allies are. Yeah. Those are two different things. And, you know, and I, I, we tried to do that the best we could in a short period of time. But, but I think that's important for the listening audience to understand when you say all foreign entities, uh, that's a much bigger basket than when you're talking about our adversaries. So when you were serving over here in the legislature, was that issue, was that even on the on the radar at that point it really wasn't you know i think the vote that everybody's referring to was like back 10 years ago yeah. uh, over a decade ago and i mean it really wasn't an issue back then to speak of and again the way the statute is right now it's one percent of the land in missouri is all that can be owned by a foreign entity well that number's really stayed on about 
a third, or I mean a third of 1% okay. for years. Uh, and all last year they took the House of Representatives, took that down to half percent, which we're fine with, with that. But you just got to have a screening process in place to really distinguish good actors from bad actors. I mean, it's pretty easy to go out there on a political stump and say all foreign entities because that's pretty popular. Yeah. But then you got to do the right thing here. I mean, you know, you've got a constitution you got to follow too. And I, I think the most important thing that I put out yesterday, when you start talking about all foreign entities, we're talking about Israel. And Israel has huge ties to St. Louis, St. Charles area. You know, that's not who we're going after uh, with people we've done business with for decades. So I, I think it's important that we distinguish that. And hopefully you've got a great listening audience. Uh, hopefully uh, that they understand that, uh, that when we're talking about that, because uh, they're our allies. Yeah, uh, very true. Uh, good to have the governor with us this morning. You know, I, I was looking at... Um at what they did in the state of Ohio recently on the abortion initiative petition, right? They they got the signatures, they got it on the ballot, and it passed. We know they're circulating petitions here now. Is it too late at this point to even adjust the initiative petition process? I mean, at this point, it's almost too late for the legislature to act. Yeah, yeah but, Mark, you, we, we can't have that attitude. It's too late. If we would have done it five years ago, right? we could have been talking about right. it's too late. Okay. We, we should have got it done. I mean, I worked on this when we were fighting some of the ag groups, when I was trying to support agriculture, when some of the animal rights groups were in here trying to take our farming rights away. We fought this issue. So it's been around for a long time. But Ohio is a perfect example. You cannot sit around and wait and wait because, you know, really for us conservatives, when it comes to the initiative petition process, we don't have such a great record. I mean, I mean. Uh, the reality is they come in here for lots of money. They go to the big areas where their voters are, and they push them out. So I think making the adjustments on the initiative petition, you know, I, I, it's, it's a little bit of a complicated issue, I guess. I know you've talked about it a lot. But you want to protect the citizens' rights, too, you know, to, to be able to do an initiative petition. But the reality of it is even more most of us driven by large sums of money, special interest groups who are doing it now. Probably the last, I would say, real initiative petition we had was probably the Hancock Amendment. Yeah. They're probably in my time. So yeah. you can see how old that was. But nowadays, uh, we should have got something done on this uh, so we're not in this position right now because I'm telling you, it is a concern of everything we've worked for. When I come to Jeff City many years ago, there was 8,000 abortions in this state here, 8,000. Today, there's zero. And we have done a lot of accomplishments in that time, but making sure, one, it was legal, making sure it would hold up in the courts to be able to get where we have. You know, and to lose that now because we didn't take action is going to be a tough pill to swallow. Governor, uh, this is Kim. You know, I know Representative Chris Dinkins had been trying to push you to ban these Palestinian refugees from coming over to Missouri, if that were the case. And and you kind of said, you know, I, I really can't do that. Why not just put out a statement saying, hey, you know, on behalf of the state of Missouri, we, we don't welcome them coming over here? Well, I, I think you could say that, but but the reality of it is, even even under the Trump administration, any other federal presidents have that authority. We don't have the authority as governors to do that. I think what's more important than saying we don't want somebody is make sure that we do know who they are, where they are, and who they are, what what it is they their records are. I guess I want to say for better times. I think that is much more important than just saying we don't want any, want somebody. Look. I served this country in the military, two tours of duty overseas. You know, 
I don't want anybody in this state that I think is going to hurt a Missouri citizen. I don't, period. I don't care where they come from if I feel like they're an adversary. But I will also tell you, every conflict we've been in, there's been people that has helped us. And I think you have to realize sometimes everybody's not bad, it's not evil in some of these areas. And you've got to weigh that out. But it's, again, it's tough. But as the governor of the state of Missouri, any governor in the United States does not have the authority. The president can put whoever he wants here. Uh, I will say the difference between the Biden administration and the Trump administration. President Trump called me, told me what was going to happen, and frankly even asked, you know, uh, where I was at on that issue. But I trusted him to vet these people. I really did. I trusted the administration to do that. I wouldn't trust this administration any further than I could throw them. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to deal with this. Yeah, that's a good point. Governor Parson here with us this morning. Los Angeles County. Just reinstituted mask mandates in their healthcare facilities out there. It it makes me worry that could happen again in St. Louis County, for example. Uh, wh- where do you stand on something like that? And and would you talk to your director of health and try to step in if they went that direction again? Well, most certainly. Look, we've been talking about these issues ever since they've happened to make sure we, we don't go down some of the roads that that people in the state went down. Uh, we don't want any more mask mandates. We don't want any more vaccine mandates. You know, people know enough about this issue to make their own decisions. We don't need government doing it for them. Uh, I, I, I hope that people in Missouri learned a good lesson, whether it is St. Louis County or whether it is some of the health directors in the state. You better realize that people are not going to put up with this a second go around. So I'm just telling you, I think it's a huge mistake. I think what Los Angeles County, uh, you got to consider the sources where that's at. Yeah. That's about as screwed yeah. up as it can be. But I, I hope, I hope Missouri uh, the people in this state understand how important this is and where people stand on this issue. Yeah, I, 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 BJC, I think, is the is the yeah, one of the agencies. Is that right, Kim? Yeah, that, BJC. That mm-hmm. They voluntarily started masking in some some parts of their hospital. But, you know, I think that might have been on the recommendation of the St. Louis County Health Department. Yeah. So those are always concerns when they're shutting businesses yeah. down. And, you know, but I guess... Yeah, I, I think it's a mistake you start shutting businesses down again. If somebody wants to wear a mask, I've said that all along, wear a mask, you know, to where I've gotten in trouble for saying that over the years. But, <laughs> yeah. but but the reality of it is it needs to be an individual decision. If somebody wants to wear one you feel protected about, that's fine. Uh, but I don't. I, we're not going to do any mandates in this state on any kind of mask mandates. Yeah. So, so Governor, I'd, I'd ask, I've been asking all my guests this morning, is there – Anything you really hope the legislature can get pushed through? You mentioned the budget to me earlier when I mentioned that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest issue this year, getting the budget done. You know, we've been so fortunate, I think, through this administration for five and a half years. We've got a lot of good things done when it comes to workforce development, infrastructure, priorities that we've established early on. And we know those things are working. We, we, we know those things are really, we're getting more high school kids in the workforce. Uh, we're building up a workforce. Businesses are growing here. New jobs are coming here. So those are all big pluses. Uh, I, so I hope we stay on track on, on those things and try to get the budget, uh, make sure we're doing it. Uh, something that's very important to me is when I leave to make sure whoever the next governor is uh, has the ability to operate. You know, so it's not like uh, it's pretty easy to go in here at times like this. If, if you let yourself just spend everything you got. You know, that, that's, that'll be a horrible mistake if we do that. So so we'll see. So I hope the General Assembly understands the kind of the rate we've been spending money and that you can keep – we cannot continue to go like we're going on spending money and you expect to keep the budget balance. Yeah. yeah. So, again, common sense, kind of like we do back home. Uh, you know, right now things are good, but uh, you got to maintain that. And you got to do what's working. I mean, you know, since I've been governor, Mark – 
cutting the income tax rate in the state three times the largest income tax cut. That puts mo- that puts real money in people's pocket, not just one time, but continuing on. You got to do things like that because if you put money in people's pockets, the one thing I do know, and, and as a as a Missouri myself, you spend the money. I mean, yeah. we we all do, uh, whether it's on the farm or whether it's whatever we're going to do. But that's what drives the economy, not government. And I think that's one thing I've learned as governor. So you try to do the best you can to make sure you get people working and you're creating jobs. That's the secret to success. Governor Mike Parson, we appreciate your time this morning, sir. Mark, thanks for being at the Capitol today. Have a great day. Absolutely. Appreciate you, sir. All right. We're going to be back here in just a couple of minutes. We've uh, still got uh, House Speaker Dean Plocker is going to join us. Senator Andrew Koenig, uh, still lots to get to as we report live from uh, Jefferson City this morning. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey, back live in Jeff City this morning. Hopefully you've been able to tune in on uh, Twitter or the Facebook feed. You can see part of the uh, Capitol uh, building back here. You also see Senator Andrew Koenig, who's uh, sitting at the table now. Uh, nice of him to stop by this morning. How you been? Been good. 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 You know, everybody who's come by this morning, one thing I've talked to him about is, is this initiative petition issue. I mean, I don't know what gets done down here this year. But is that a priority for anybody on the Senate side? Yeah, for me, it's the num- my number one priority. Um, it actually was last year as well. Um, I am fairly confident that we can get something done. Um, we have to do it right. Yeah. Um, there are a number of things that other states have done where they've just simply failed. Um, you know, Florida has was successful in doing an initiative petition form back in 2006. Um, so ways ago where they raised the threshold to 60 percent. Um, but what we need to do is we need to put stuff on the ballot that voters want to vote for. So that way, when the left comes in and spend millions of dollars to try to defeat us, that it will win and stand on its own two legs. So we need to put stuff in there like citizen voting, things like no foreign interference into our elections, things that are just very popular to raise that threshold. Well, I mean, here, here we are facing um, an Ohio situation. Mm-hmm with uh, the abortion initiative petition. Now, I'm, I'm hearing, I don't know if it's true or not, that, there, that that only one of them has started gathering signatures and it's not going really well so far, but we know how much money they're going to put behind it. And that seems to be the key. You can buy, generally buy your way onto the ballot in Missouri. That's right. I mean, that's exactly what happened with clean. If, if any, everybody remembers clean Missouri or right. cleaner Missouri, um, we were able to completely undo their gerrymandering, gerrymandering that they wanted to do with our districts before it got implemented simply by changing it back to the way it was before. Um, and all we did is we eliminate lobbyist gifts. And the left came in, spent millions of dollars against us. We spent a very marginal mo- amount of money. But people read the language, and uh, they said, yeah, eliminate lobbyist gifts. We want to do that. Yeah. Senator, this, well, is, uh, this is Kim. I don't know if I have a second, Mark, to ask a quick question. Sure. Um, I, I saw you filed a bill about universal school choice. I know that's been debated here in the St. Louis area. How confident are you that you think something like that could pass? So, yeah, there's there's actually two separate bills that I filed. I have one, which is an ESA expansion. There's two different ways to do it. And then I did the, uh, file another bill, which was a universal um, kind of um, the Oklahoma model through the tax code. Um, I'm probably more confident about a ESA expansion, which can assemb- essentially accomplish the same thing. 
Um, but obviously the Oklahoma, Oklahoma model is better. It's just the ESA program is already set up. It might be it's uh, probably less controversial to try to expand something that's already existing than try to start something new. And what is that? What is the ESA for people that don't understand? Um, yeah, so that's the Missouri's uh, first school choice program. Um, it's funded through donations, but it is a 100% tax credit. So you donate money, but you get 100% of your money back when you donate. And it does allow um, it, it allows parents um, to, who qualify for this program, which there's an income threshold for that program. And so we want to raise that threshold. We want to expand it. Right now it's limited to um, basically um, the, the bigger county, St. Louis County, St. Charles County, um, Greene County. And so we want to expand it statewide. Yeah, I mean that's you, we just saw the report card on the schools and 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 how much they've suffered and everybody wants to point to COVID and say that's the reason why at the end of the day if there's competition those scores go up. That's right. right. And it, I mean, it was atrocious what happened during COVID where the schools got um, shut down. And you know what? A lot of the private schools stayed open. And those kids have excelled because of that, where um, um, kids stuck in government schools um, have, um, you know, their scores have gone down and it's been very detrimental. Another bill that I, fi I, I filed, um, it's actually the second bill I filed, um, would act, you know, the LGBTQ um, push in, in our schools, um, it, it's happening. And so um, what I did is I filed a bill and we're going to take away a teacher's license if they change the pronouns um, and they start transing the kids without the parents or without the parents um, willingness to, uh, to allow that. So wow. they have to get um, they, it'll make it illegal for them to um, change the pronouns. So they have to do it. How, whatever's on their birth certificate or however the parents um, register the kid when they um, go into a school. Is that different than the vulnerable uh, child? Compassion and Protection Act that Senator Moon is proposing? Um, so I, it could be. I actually haven't read that one, but I'm a little bit familiar with it from last year because yeah. we did actually pass it out of my committee last year. Um, so it is kind of um, very similar to that. All right. I mean, it, it, obviously, we always wait till the last two weeks to get anything done. <laughs> but what are you hopeful that we might get accomplished this year? Yeah, I mean, like I said, number one, IP. Um, yeah. Number two, some kind of education reform. And I would like uh, to do something with, uh, you know, the, uh, the transient schools. Also, when it comes to, um, you know, the, the left has been um, um, taking over our institutions like they've done our schools, they've done corporations. So I would like to fight against ESG, environmental social governance. I think it's a viol violation of their fiduciary responsibility, their shareholders. Right. Um, and I am running for state treasurer, and I, it's, that's a big fight as well. We have to fight back from um, the left taking over our corporations. Yeah, I was going to ask about that next. I mean, that what, is that part of your goal? I mean, is that why treasurer is the position you're seeking out? Yeah, yeah, because the, the school choice program is in the state treasurer's office. That's been a passion of mine. Um, it took me um, nearly 10 years to pass, you know, the ESA program that's currently in place. Um, and, and another thing about that program is that it allows homeschoolers to participate any kind of educational expense. It is is definitely a revolutionary type of school choice program. Right. Well, I tell you what, uh, Senator, uh, we appreciate you uh, giving us some time this morning. Best of luck in your statewide run. Thank you. Yep. We'll talk again soon. Uh, Senator Andrew Koenig uh, joining us. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to House Speaker Dean Plocker. We'll be right back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The Mark Cox Morning Show is live for day one of the Missouri Legislative Session. I don't know, about three and a half hours, a little less than that, before they officially uh, kick things off down here for the Missouri Legislative Session this year. So we came to Jeff City today to sit down with uh, some of the folks that are going to be key to what legislation makes it through this year or what doesn't. And right now, we have Missouri House Speaker Dean Plocker joining us. And Dean, thanks for your time. Great to be on, Mark. Thank yeah, you. It's good to see you again. It's good to be back. Yeah. So, uh, you Let's see. What are your hopes for this year? Let me start that way. Well, you know, we have a lot of good things to do for Missouri. I think we've done some really good things while I've been in the building. But we still have to look at education reform. We have to balance a budget. Uh, property taxes, particularly on, on both ends of the state, Jackson County and Kansas City, St. Louis County, our property taxes and their appraisals have gone skyrocketing through the roof way beyond what would seem to be rational. So I think we have to look at property tax reform as well. well interesting. Except for Sam Page. His went down. <laughs> Didn't get a few saw that story or not. So you just got to – depends on which cul-de-sac you live in. Indeed. I, I'm, Certainly, I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding. So, so you know, I did I did talk to Bill Eigel about that earlier, and I talked to Lieutenant Governor Kehoe about that issue earlier of, of maybe eliminating personal property tax. I know that's something Bill's floated, but then the municipalities come to you and say, well, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? Well, I kind of want to distinguish between the two. There's, yeah. there's personal property taxes, which I find incredibly frustrating, right? I pay taxes to earn the money to buy my car, and then every year I get dinged for a personal property tax. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't really like that, but I understand you have to fund government. I'm open to suggestions on how we can reform that so you're, you're not paying in purpose. You never really own your car either when you, when you have to keep Which paying that keep perpetual paying. tax on it. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the real property taxes. And what I really, I mean, while I think we need to address personal property taxes as well, I'm not a tax guy. I would rather cut taxes and let the money stay within ourselves because then we can spend it and then it gets back into the economy and, and grows things. But you have a real property tax. That's your house. That's grandma's house. That's people that live on fixed incomes, as we all do. But it impacts those people, the elderly, those on fixed incomes even more. And it, you live in a dollars $200,000 house, and next thing you know, you're getting taxed 25% more this year. As you alluded to, you know, certain taxes went down for people. Some people went up. But a lot of what I'm hearing from across the state um, is that the, the – 
the voters are really concerned that their property taxes have gone up 25%, 20%, 15%, an inordinate amount of money that doesn't seem rational when when inflation hasn't even gone up that much, right? right. So wh- why are we paying that much more? We're getting taxed out of our houses. And and the senior tax break was put into place, but there's a sunset on it, right? And in some places, they've set limits on who can get the tax break. Um, I don't know if that's applied fairly or not. Well, that was that was Senate Bill 190 last yeah. year, and there is a senior tax break in there, but that's only where the counties up choose to apply it. So right. our 113 counties, not all of them have chosen to apply that for seniors. But I don't think it should just apply to seniors. I think it should apply to all of us. Okay. Right? Why should yeah. my property taxes go up 30%, yours go up 40%? Any given year, it's very unpredictable. Okay? So the appraisals need to be looked at, the method on how they do that. And then I think you, you somehow need to look at, should there be a cap on how much the taxes should go up? Right. I mean, we have a constitutional amendment, the Hancock Amendment, that requires us to go to the voters to raise taxes. But for your property taxes... They can go up exponentially every year. And then in December, you've got to write that check out. You've got to live in your house. You have to afford groceries. You have to afford health care that's always going up. I don't think property taxes should go up as exponentially as they have without checks and balances. I think government should be accountable for where that money is going. And I think there should be limits on how much it should be able to go up in any given year, regardless of your age. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's uh, that's one of the priorities for this year, and I I've asked several of my guests this morning, including the governor and the lieutenant governor, and and the two other candidates for governor, what they think. Because you're running for lieutenant governor, yes. What what they think about initiative petition reform? It didn't make it last year. I think you guys did pass a version of it out of the house, right? We did. We've passed initiative petition for numerous years out yeah. of the house, and yeah. I I find it appalling that you can amend our Constitution, which I view the Constitution as a more sacred document than the statutes that we pass in the House. This would go to the voters. I think initiative petition reform is a must because our Constitution is growing every year. The other year we passed uh, the people, voted on it. It's fine. It's democracy. They They passed the marijuana amendment. That added 20 pages plus to our Constitution. It's a lawyer's dream because it's going to be litigated forever. I don't think we need to be adding all these words to our Constitution that people truly don't understand and can be added on a whim just because you have a deep pocket and you come from New York or or Texas or California and can fund that initiative petition to affect Missouri citizens. yeah, go ahead, Kim. Uh, Mr. Speaker, this is Kim. You know, there's concern here in the St. Louis area that they could bring a bunch of illegals over from the Chicago area, for example. I know there's been talk of bringing Palestinian refugees over, and Governor Parsons had pressure to, to say, I'm not going, I'm not going to stand for that, and he didn't do it. I mean, what's your take on this whole situation? Is there anything that can be done there to, to stop this? Well, we are going to be working on some facets of immigration, but that is very restrictive with regard to what states can do. It's mostly a federal issue. The federal government can dictate where they send their refugees. Uh, We want them to be legal, though. We want them to be vetted. We don't want criminals coming in. We don't want terrorists. We don't want drug cartels. Um, You know, Representative Murphy uh, from South County is is really working on that issue. I I think we're going to look at things we can do to protect our citizens as best we can within the the state laws. But the federal law is, is predominantly where that lies. And, and while I, I believe our congressmen and senators are fully on board with protecting Missouri citizens, unfortunately, the man in the White House doesn't seem to be that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's right. I mean, I did ask the governor. He didn't feel like there's a, a lot he could do about that. Governor Abbott has a different point of view. 
in Texas, right? I mean, they in Texas they they've been more um, direct about trying to deal with that issue as a border state. Well, and I think they're more directly impacted, but we are too. Those yeah. immigrants are coming over and and they're disseminating them across the country. But Texas also has that border. We don't. What we're gonna. We can't. What are we gonna build a wall around our entire state? Right. Right. So so back to. Uh, initiative petition reform just just uh, um, a question about the process assuming you guys passed it this year some version of it and it went on the ballot in I guess the governor decides let's say if it went on the ballot in August would it be an effect in time to have any impact on the November election well I would argue if it's passed in August it would be effective for November but okay. I've heard the argument against it i.e. that those that that got it on the ballot in November were playing by rules that weren't in place before they got it on the ballot, right? So I, I think there's another litigious area there. Um, but it's a shame that the Senate hasn't been able to pass IP reform for the last six years. Right. I mean, but, we, we always say we should pass it now, and then it never gets passed, and then we say, why? well, why haven't you passed it? It should have been passed years ago, so we could have... The, the abortion amendments that may be going on. No, that's I, I'm, concern, I'm clearly right? pro-life, and I don't want that to happen. I want IP reform passed. I hope the voters voted in, and I hope the threshold is higher to amend our Constitution so we can protect life. Yeah, uh, true. You know, I, I don't think you and I have had a chance to talk since the whole reimbursement issue came up with what, what happened. Where does that stand? You know, the, the Ethics Committee is, is technically still meeting. I think the caucus, I had a, a great meeting with the caucus uh, a couple months ago. The simple fact is I was reimbursed for amounts that I shouldn't have been reimbursed for. We caught the problem. The pro I, re then, I reimbursed the House for a problem that, you know, hey, listen, I caught it. I identified it. I paid it back just as you would if, if 97.1 wrote you a check for $500 too much to reimburse you for a travel expense down here. You caught it in your account and you wrote 97.1 a check back. That's yeah. exactly what it was. It's still out there, but I, I don't expect anything to come of it. Okay. I mean, if you do, you're going to have to hold a lot of other. I mean, you're going to micromanage this, and it was very transparent, forthright, and honestly done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, things kick off what at noon today? Yes, they do. Business gets started immediately, or you guys? Uh... Well, I, we've already been down here. I mean, yeah. in, in fact, I have a, a great new chief of staff, Rod Jatton, former speaker oh, of the yeah. house. Yeah. We've been working diligently. My staff is is grown a little bit, so we can be more attentive to some of the legislation that's going through. And, and the difficulties that we face every year, I wanted to make sure the members know that they have a point person as, as they you know, mold their legislation and put it through the process. We will begin assigning bills today. They have to be first read today, second read tomorrow, and referred to committee, and they're going to be referred to committee. Um, those committee meetings hopefully uh, will start on Monday. We have, a we have a procedure that has to be followed that's very important uh, for those bills to be vetted. So we are up and running. We're up and running right now, and I know the gavel hasn't hit the – Hit, hit yet but no we are working right now meeting with people there's a actually a, a, a i think a joint committee on appropriations going on downstairs right now um i asked for budget to get together earlier we are going to have a different year in budget and i think while we can all talk about you know property tax reform that's very important education reform again that's very important and i'll talk about that later today one of the biggest issues too will be the budget to make sure we're, we're pants, passing a good conservative budget um, I'll, I'll allude to the fact that gone are the years that you know when Biden and they just dumped all this money onto right. the states, we wonder why inflation's going up. But they dumped all this money, so we had the, this slush fund that's there. We still have some slush funds that we've protected, and I want to continue to protect that for the rainy days ahead. But we have to be a little bit more attentive. Um, you know, we don't have that credit card like we had last year as much, 
And um, I think the balance, uh, balancing the budget, well, well, we have to do the balance. It's part of our Constitution. But how we allocate that balance is going to be important. So we put Missouri in a good position for the challenging years ahead. That's true. Dean Plocker, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you having me on. Have a great day. look forward to getting started. Yep, you too. We appreciate it. All right, uh, quick break here. We're going to be back live in Jeff City in just a minute. Stay tuned. Are, uh, for our final segment here, and I, you know, just a shout out to the folks who finally made it into the Capitol this morning and made some coffee because there's a coffee room just down from us here, and uh, we were we were dying on the vine until we got more caffeine in us for sure. Hey, right now we have a Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman on the phone. I understand, uh, still on her way to Jeff City this morning. How are you, Senator? I'm sorry, I'm running a little bit late. Thanks for being willing to chat via the phone. Well, that's okay. I understand the day after your birthday can be hectic. <laughs> well, it was just a, I'm out of practice on the drive, and I misjudged the 270 traffic. If we're being completely honest, I've been driving to Jeff City in the middle of the day for meetings and not during the morning <laughs> rush hour. And so I texted this morning your producer saying, uh, yeah, not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, n- <laughs> not, not, a, not a big deal. You did a lot of work to get to down here, I know. What? So tell me your take. What, what are your priorities uh, for this session? Well, Mark, I have a tremendous number of priorities. But first, I have to tell you that when we're sworn into the House, one of the things that you, you know, I served in the House before the Senate, one of the things that you uphold is that you'll keep the secrets of the House. And I leaned over to now Senator Travis Fitzwater, who was my seatmate in the House, and said, what are the secrets of the House? And he said, the Senate coffee is better. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I should have gone down the hall, right? <laughs> yeah, so anybody who's, if anybody's in the building, go get the free coffee on the Senate side. It's outside the Pro Tom's office on the third floor. Yes, down here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the tip. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Sorry it's late in the morning. It would have been helpful at 6 this morning. <laughs> so, you know, I know you've, you've obviously been wor- working a lot on education issues. Is that is, Have you pre-filed anything on that for this session? I have. So I filed an education expansion bill, but I have to tell you the thing that is um, – most exciting for me is probably, in all honesty, will not be my bill that becomes a vehicle bill. And so I would look to Senator Andrew Koenig, and he was on earlier talking about education reform. He has been uh, the one who has done the yeoman's work on moving the ball forward on education reform, getting an ESA program in the state of Missouri. And he has a wonderful expansion bill that I think is likely to be the vehicle that we'll see moving forward. And so, um, you know, a lot of times what happens is you're working as a member of a team and not necessarily trying to just pass your own bill. Um, I'm really doing everything I can, all hands on deck, to try to push Andrew Koenig's bill across the finish line. I think every child in the state of Missouri should be able to have the freedom to go to whatever school their mom and dad thinks is best for them. And so that's got to be our top priority this session. And really, you see all, I don't know what you want to call the different cliques or groups or factions or whatever. I guess it depends on whether you're the Missouri Independent or whether you're, uh, you know, who is calling these different groups within the Republican Party. But everybody has seemed to be on board, at least publicly on Twitter, X, uh, supporting education reform. So I look for that to be a bright spot this year in what may be an unproductive session. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, there could be a little bit of grandstanding this year, it sounds like, uh, from what I'm picking up. Uh, Senator, unfortunately, uh, I've run out of time here. I'm up against the clock. But uh, have a safe trip, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Okay, thanks, Mark, and happy first day of session to everybody who celebrates. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman uh, still on her way down here to the Capitol as uh, we wrap things up. I think you got a pretty good idea. Uh, there are a few, a few priorities I think are going to make it through this year. We'll keep our fingers crossed, and, of course, we'll keep covering it uh, throughout uh, throughout the session for sure. All right, that's going to do it for us, uh, wrapping up our broadcast here in Jeff City. Have a great day. Brian Kilmeade up next. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.